This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, uh, along with uh, our buddy in the next room there who has controls of all the controls. That would be James Dooley. and Dooley. Uh, yes, James Charlie, how are you this morning? I'm well. Good morning, Franklin. How are you? Well, I'll tell you. Um, oh, do I, tell us. Have you unpa- <laughs> do tell unpacked us. some more boxes by Yes, any yes, yes. Uh, but because it's an under, underground parking situation, I didn't even give a thought to what it was like outside. And I've just got a, a very sh- a short-sleeved summer shirt on. Yes. And I got down to the car and thought, oh. Look, look out the is, window. There's a mm-hmm. woman walking by. She's got a hat on, a I winter know, coat, I know. long pants. So it was a chilly ride to work, mm-hmm. you know. But never mind, never mind. Got here safe and sound and got a hug from Charlie some, to warm me yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say yes. some goosebumps to go with it. <laughs> Remember, because it's of the hug? Wait a minute. No, oh. no, they're getting here. It's so oh, chilly. Right. Okay. But it is going to cool off this week. Yeah. Okay, just to warn you, it is time to unpack the boxes that say winter clothes okay. at home, because uh, I know you're still working away on that. Uh, we are, I think, I would actually put money on the fact that we are going to have a big frost. Right. Coming this probably Thursday night. Right, you are. So what does that mean? Well, it means get out, getting out the long johns, but it also means thinking about some of those things that might be outside. If you've still got any tender plants, you know, things, tropicals, mm-hmm. anything you want to bring in, herbs, etc., get going on that today. Of course, um, we want to leave our hoses out as long as we possibly can because we want to make sure the gardens are well watered before it gets super cold. So, you know, you're going to have to, one frost isn't going to freeze our, our pipes, but you've got to remember that it's soon going to be time to turn the water off, but not quite yet. Right. If you've got a rain barrel attached to your house, dis, disengage the rain barrel from the, the downspout and start emptying the, your rain barrels, because again, we don't want those to freeze over the winter. Yeah, they'd, so, be, they'd be gone. Well, they bust. Yeah. And if you leave them attached, they do more than just bust. They bust your, your eaves trough above, because... As water freezes, it expands, and it's not a pretty thing. So just, you know, a few things to remember. <clears throat> also, it, fertilizing. This is actually a really good time. If you have, particularly if you have a deep root fertilizer, those little probes that you stick mm-hmm. down into the ground and you can insert fertilizer down deep, excellent time of year to be fertilizing your trees. Oh, Because right. if you fertilize now, the, that fertilizer will sit there and wait until next spring, and those trees will just take off super fast and happy next spring and summer with that nutrient close by. So if you can do that, that's, again, do that today, do that this weekend. Yes, not the greatest weather right now. It's going to rain. But, you know, it's going to, sun's going to shine again on Monday if you can get out there. Excellent. Okay. Okay, uh, a couple of, one announcement. I, right. I know you hate it when I... Go on and on, but after all, it is the garden show. <laughs> and it's yours, and it's so correct. What, can I, what can I say? Yeah, exactly, so yeah. don't roll your eyes at me, but the Ontario <laughs> Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is holding their meeting 
and members plant sale tomorrow. That's from 1230 to 4. So it's the last plant sale of the season. Bring plants to share, bring a friend, and bring your own coffee cup. Uh, there will be a speaker, Natalie, and I don't know how to say her last name, Ivaniki. Uh... I win. Anyway, she's from the RBG, Royal Botanical Gardens. She is presenting Collect It, Name It, Label It, the role of the herbarium in sorting out confusing plant names. So she's, uh, that's pretty interesting for people that are, love plant names. This all takes place at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto in the Floral Hall. And a quick announcement next Saturday... Mm-hmm. The Zoomer Show oh, yes. is yeah. taking place at the Direct Energy Centre, Exhibition Place, Toronto. It's happening all weekend, Saturday and Sunday, but Frank and I will be heading over next Saturday after the Garden Show. So we'll be there between 11 and 1. So put it on your calendars, come say hello. That'd be nice. Yeah. 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 Put a face to the voice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> not such a and good idea. For me, it'd have to look down, <laughs> look way, way down. Short little guy. Okay, uh, phone numbers. Phone numbers. I got to get the phone numbers here. Uh, For those in Toronto, please call Charlie at 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. As indicated, James is uh, answering the phones. And let him know if you're a first-time caller. And that is what you'll, you'll be. Welcome to the show. Get your wings, as it were. Okay. And I think that, oh, motto, yes. Mantra. Call early, call often. One question per call. Otherwise, Patrolman Proctor comes out and gives you a ticket, right? Mm. That's right. Heads up. Okay. Okay, let's do a little bit of body work here. I'm going to, you know, I just got I'm feeling lethargic. So <laughs> it didn't get... look very lethargic when you just punched me in the ear there. <laughs> Okay. It really did come Why is Frank punching me in the ear? Because he's got too much energy. Also, he is a wacky boomer who wants the freedom to maintain his wacky activities, uh, like flinging his arms around. So, uh, bottom line, Sierra Sill helps him to stay active and pain-free. one joint 14 for more information or sierrasill.com. CA or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store. For example, Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown. S I E R R A S I L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we're back now to uh, get to our callers. Charlie, and the first caller is uh, someone that I, uh, both I and James know, mm. uh, VIP caller, you might say. She's clearly the president of the Frank Proctor Fan Club, <laughs> the international. Be, she'd have to be a VIP. Frank Proctor <laughs> Fan Club, Kim Cushell. Good morning, Kim. Hey, Frank. First time caller. There you go. Butterfly wings for you. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to the show. Did Frank ask you if you want to be a member? Uh, no, well, no, actually, we, we didn't have a didn't. chance to go over all that. We were I going want to... you to be a member of his fan club. Yeah, I can imagine Frank would want me to be a member of his fan <laughs> yeah, club. Well, you and me, two his... members. Well, <laughs> you put up with his stuff all week. So yeah, exactly. The one day a week, and that's enough for anybody. <laughs> no question. <laughs> oh. I am phoning about my neighbor's orchid. Okay. I bought her an orchid, mm-hmm. and the flowers all fell off. And some of the leaves fell off. 
So I want to know how she can remedy <laughs> okay, so a couple of questions. Number one, is it in a window somewhere? Is it getting any natural light? No. Okay, it needs some light. It doesn't okay. have to be super bright direct light, but it needs uh-huh. to be in a bright spot. Uh-huh. So depending on which direction the apartment faces, uh, it could go in the window or, you know, 10 feet away, depending okay. on the direction it faces. The other thing to be very careful of is you do not want to overwater orchids. No, she gives it one ice cube a week. Oh, well, that's probably not enough. If you're going to do the ice cube route, I think the rule of thumb is three ice cubes a week. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they do need moisture. They do need humidity. If she uh-huh. likes to spritz her plants, you know, get out a little spritzer. Uh, okay. Particularly as our heat comes on and the dry, you know, the air gets drier. Mm-hmm. Tropical plants typically love humidity. So okay. get that, get that um, mister right. out. Uh, and with the watering thing, <clears throat> feel the weight of the pot. If it's super light. Yes. Then I would be using more ice cubes than just more. the one. Yeah. Like go with Throw three. Throw D on it. Pardon? It won't OD on water? No. Well, okay. it, it shouldn't. It, it, just one a week doesn't sound like enough, that's all. Okay. Okay, so it kind of depends on what is the plant in bark? Is it in, mm-hmm. what's it planted into? Because remember, orchids live in trees, and mm-hmm. they take all their moisture from the air around them and from right. the, the constantly falling rain, etc. Mm-hmm. So we just have to do what we can to keep the air moist around the plants. Okay. Without drowning them. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks for calling. Okay. And tell Frank I'm not a grower like orchids with him, like him. <laughs> yeah. So thank far, you. yeah. So far, he's succeeding Talk apparently. You soon, Frank. Well, oh, thank but. you very much. You know, and I appreciate you asking Charlie to be a member. With now, if Charlie joins in the, the fantastically growing uh, fan club, here. it is. It's, we're very well. Elite, yeah. Aren't we? It's James, Di, uh, yourself, Kim, <laughs> Dickens. and Dickens the oh, cat. Dickens, Dickens yeah. and, and Mike the cat. Oh, That's right. So, you boy, we're getting a crowd. Oh, <laughs> you got it. Thanks okay. for calling, Prez. Okay. Talk to you soon, bud. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, if there's some secret handshake or something, then maybe I'd be interested. But otherwise, I really don't see any advantage to joining. <laughs> Cut off at the knees. And look at old James. He's loving that. Hmm. I can't believe you got him to join. Uh, well, it was sort of an assumed thing. Oh, yes. yeah. Wilma. Taken for granted. I don't know Again, whether she, eh, Patrick? I don't know whether Wilma is looking after Holstein or that's where she lives. Let's find out. Wilma, Wilma good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. I'm, I'm not sure whether uh, Frank has a human or an animal club. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> With all those cat members. Yeah. That's right. That's right. More cats than people. Oh, dear. <clears throat> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not um, the animal Holstein. Oh, no. that's good. Okay. I am in the t- out of the town of Holstein near Mount Forest, Ontario. Oh, good stuff. Well, well welcome great. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And your question for Charlie. Um, I have a smoke bush. Mm. Now, it's probably 8 to 10 feet tall at the tallest point. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it has uh, had a lot of cutbacks to near the ground. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of little, um, not stumps, but where they've been cut off. Mm -hmm. They're all jagged around the bottom. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering... And I'm not fussy about whether it ever smokes or not. Okay. I like just the color to add to the greenery around it. Yeah, is it a purple-leafed smoke? Yeah, yeah. 
and I was wondering if I can cut back right to the ground to cut off all that roughage on the bottom. <laughs> the jagged-looking mess at the bottom. That's right. Uh, so the, w- with all those cutoffs, is there no growth from those little stumps? Are they just empty little, little uh, branches? A lot of them are just empty. Okay. There is new growth coming around things, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of them are not coming. And I, it, it was here when I came here okay. nine years ago. Right. And we have cut it back ourselves and uh, not real sure what we should, how we should have <laughs> cut it. And now I'm thinking, okay, can I just make a clean sweep of the ground and let it start fresh? You, well, you can. I wouldn't take everything down to the ground, but absolutely. Any of those jagged little cutoffs you're referring to can definitely be cut down at ground level. As long as they're not growing anything fresh? Well, it, it's more a question of the look. Smokebush is, um, is not... It's not a particularly um, well-behaved plant in the sense of how it grows. No, it, it doesn't seem to be. That's it, right. Yeah. And it's a bit of a tough one to prune for that reason. It, mm-hmm. It's hard to have it look like a good-looking – it's never an elegant plant. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. It's the mm-hmm. exact opposite. It, it tends to be – Yeah, kind of round and sort yeah. of billowy, and it'll go 8 feet to 10 feet tall, as you realize, and it'll also go 8 to 10 feet wide. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never really balanced. It's not like it's a perfectly mm-hmm. round plant plant. It's yep. got, it sort of sends branches in all different directions. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a, you know, an odd looking plant. And yet, it, as you mentioned, beautiful leaves, great contrast, interesting smell too, if you rub the leaves. And when it's smoking with the flowers, it's again, adding a, a really nice texture to the garden. Mm-hmm. So what I would do if I were you is if you can lead, well, if you want to take all those silly looking stumps down this fall, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Next spring, when we get some dry weather, obviously on a nice sunny day, mm-hmm. what I would do, go out there and you're going to start seeing the new growth. And mm-hmm. typically you will have dieback on a smoke bush anyway. Mm-hmm. So first off, take off anything dead next spring. Then stand back and you can do some pruning just to try and balance it a bit. Bring it into the situation where it's got the same amount of growth on the right side as the left side, if you will. Don't be afraid to bring it down to five feet tall, you know, sort of half the height if you want to. And just clean up that bottom so that the new growth when it comes will, like you have to sort of see where it's going to come. But it, it, you'll kind of have a more billowy, rounded plant rather than this jagged, silly looking, you know, broken mm-hmm. off teeth looking thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Okay. Um, what, what really sparked me with this was... We were at a garden tour, I think, in Fergus one year, a number of years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was only about three to four feet high, and it was really nice and bushy, and it all seemed to come from the ground, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, I said to them, what is that plant? Oh, yeah, it was so and because it was such a nice reddish color. Mm-hmm. And this was probably July or early August. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, that's the smoke bush. But he said, we don't let it smoke. Right. We cut it back every year mm-hmm. and just use it for the green or for the for the color mm-hmm. variance. Sure. So with careful pruning and you can watch a plant, like give it that, the trim I recommended to you just now in the spring and then see where the new growth comes. Mm-hmm. And it, you can trim again a few weeks later if it makes sense. It's all about studying the plant and, and getting helping it to be a balanced plant. Because remember, you take the tips off, you'll <clears throat> encourage bushiness and, and side growth. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't be afraid. It's a it's a pretty tough plant. You can do just about anything you want to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we cut it back at all right. last year, but now I'm thinking yes because you should. he's yep. beyond my front window now. Oh, yeah, they do. Went after a, a season like this one, they grew quite a lot. So, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for your call and good luck with that. Thank, Thank you, you Wilma, and right. say hi to the all the rest of the Holsteinians. Okay. Uh, listening we'll in. We'll <laughs> see, if there, see if there's any available right. cats that yeah. want to join Frank's <laughs> that's, club. That's right. The, or, or Holsteins, Check perhaps. the local. Oh, where, I'll take, yeah, Holstein, you got it. Where you, there's you, Holsteins, there's usually a cat or two around. Well, there you go. Always. <laughs> Thank you, Wilma. <laughs> Thank you. We'll have to end that there because we've got to chuck, uh, just move along here. And uh, I know we've got uh, other folks uh, waiting to talk Oh, uh, to Charlie, and there's a first-time caller coming up. We have mm. to do some exercises. We first, do. Though, and it's back to my finger exercise. I don't feel all that uh, yeah, good. limber as yet, so i got to get, get moving. You, you seemed pretty limber when you... Uh, <laughs> Almost punched your ear there. That's right. <laughs> your fist came swinging my way a few minutes ago. Well, of course, why is Frank doing his finger exercises because he likes to stay active. You know, when he's not kickboxing and unpacking boxes back at the ranch there, he's staying active, whether it's walking the cat or doing playing the piano, right? Exactly. Keep those fingers yeah. moving. So Sierra Sill helps the joints stay flexible and pain-free for both of us. We find taken daily, it's quite effective. It could work for you. If you want more information, give them a call at one 877 joint 14 Check the website, sierrasill.ca, or pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores, including the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And digging in the dirt along with Charlie and James. <laughs> Frank Proctor. down and dirty. Down and dirty it is. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's see what's going on there in Eris. Laura is on the line to speak about her geranium. Hi, Laura. Good morning, Charlie, and good morning, Frank. Good morning, morning. Laura. I I... may not belong to the fan club officially, (laughs) but I'm still a fan. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, and you know, I received a letter from you today with some photographs in it, Laura. Oh, yes. Fungus and zinnias. Have you ever seen a Double. No, it's the Siamese twin zinnia plant. I can plant. hardly hear you, Charlie. Oh, sorry. Is that better? Siamese twin. Yeah. Can you hear yeah. me? There's two fused flowers, one stem, but they're, they're like Siamese twins, right? They're, it's a not a round flower. It's a figure eight sort of flower. So nice. Thank you for sending those photos. Very interesting. Oh, you're welcome. And and the the, the one with the two tone on it. Mm-hmm, that's pretty. From, from one one stem. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. That's yeah. the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. But I discovered another one yesterday mm-hmm. on the same plant. Also, I've discovered that on that same plant, some of the flowers are a deeper pink mm-hmm. and some are paler pink. And they're all on the same, same plant. plant, yeah. There's, they've done some great, actually, breeding with the zinnias in the last few years. So they are a super plant for a sunny garden. And they're really, really good to have in our gardens to support the bees and the butterflies. 
Oh yeah, zinnias. I, I had a, I got a picture of a butterfly, a, a monarch. Great, oh, good zinnias. for you. Yeah, if so, if anybody's trying to attract bees and butterflies, zinnias are a very good choice for the garden. But you called about geraniums. What's yes, going on there? Yes, I've noticed that um, they get a, a brown spot on on just one part of the leaf, mm-hmm. dark brown, and then the the leaf eventually turns yellow. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder what causes that. Are these regular upright geraniums or trailing geraniums? No, they're ordinary, just ordinary geraniums. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether they're in new soil or old soil, it's still the same. And it, I just wondered what causes well, it. Well, when we see brown spots on leaves and then we see those spots enlarge uh, to the point where the entire leaf is either brown or yellow and dies, we usually suspect a fungus a fungal disease. So why is a fungal disease growing on a geranium? It could be from lack of good air circulation or, you know, hot sunshine uh, that just a superficial fungus on the leaf, you know, one single spore starts to grow. And before you know it, the leaf has a bit of an infection. And of course, that infection infects other leaves. Um, Geraniums like to be hot and dry and sunny, right? That's your best. So the caller who called in about orchids and I was saying you know don't forget mist you know get out your spritzer geraniums you wouldn't do that you don't want to be spritzing those they don't want to be kept super humid the way an orchid does they're from very different uh, backgrounds in terms of uh, I've got three in urns here on Mm -hmm. the deck Mm -hmm. and they get a lot of sun of course in the Mm -hmm. summer Uh, this time of year they don't get quite as much but uh, it's funny that you know it's just like one corner of the leaf. Yeah. It's this brown, yeah. and then eventually the whole leaf turns yellow. Well, and certainly some geraniums will actually get like a corky. It's literally like a growth on the back of the leaves, and it's it's almost like brown and woody or corky sort of kind of a growth. The leaf eventually dies, and that is completely connected to overwatering. So that's the other thing: is be careful to not overwater geraniums. Let them dry right down between watering. Yeah, that well, would be my um, suggestion. This summer, <laughs> we've had. A lot of rain, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that could, could be. But that, they did it last year too, and you know how dry oh, it was yeah, last summer. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, the, the more sun, the better, the more air, really, the better. And otherwise, sometimes we just prune out the leaves because that, you know, as soon as you see the brown spots, prune them out, you'll at least uh, limit the spread of, of the spores. Yes, I, I, I break them off and put them in the garbage. Good idea. Yep, take yeah. them right off the property. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Laura. Okay, thank you, Charlie. Have a great weekend. And thanks, and thanks again thanks for, joining for the photographs. They're very interesting. Oh, and you're welcome. Absolutely. I you'd be interested in those. I am. <laughs> All righty. Thanks. We'll probably talk to you in the diner, Laura. You probably will. <laughs> okay. If I can get through. Well, All that's right. right. And, you know, I think okay. Laura... Thanks, folks. Thank you. Bye-bye. I think Laura probably wants to join your fan club. So uh, you, you mm. might want to get some application forms. You know, that, that might be a darn good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then people would need a reference, right? You don't just take anybody in the fan club. Oh, oh no. We've got to uh, vet them. Exactly. Yes, of course. Well, now, I, I, I'm going to that's allow... That's like taking the cat to the vet, right? I'm Same idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to allow Susan from Dundalk uh, an absolute automatic pass into the uh, Frank Proctor International Fan Club <laughs> because she is a first-time caller. Hey! Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Susan. Don't good thank, morning. Don't thank him. It's really not a good thing. Oh, all right. <laughs> Encourages me. <laughs> um, about 10, no, 12, 13 years ago, I planted some walnut trees, mm. and this year one of them actually produced some nuts. Nice. Wow. Only on the east side of the tree, though. And now they're starting to fall, but they're completely soft. There's sort of no... They're all black and mushy inside. There's no nut. Oh. That's not Mm. a good thing. 
Uh, that I have to look up, but it doesn't sound good. No. Uh, but you say it's about 10 years old, right? Well, the, uh, 12, 13, yeah, mm. and then, you know, I was told they would produce nuts after seven years, but, you know, I've waited very patiently, but <laughs> just one of them has produced this year. And the east side only, and brown, black and mushy. Mm. Hmm. All right, you have to leave that with me. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it doesn't sound good. No. So, um, yeah, so let me uh, report back. If I can't get back on that today before the show is over, I will start off the show next week with what I would do if I was you. Okay, thank you. Okay. Right. Thank Sounds you so like much for your Sounds like a good song call. title. Thank you. What I would do if I was you. Oh, well. <laughs> that <laughs> could be you. the theme song for your it, fan club. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bye think bye. so. Bye-bye, <laughs> bye. Susan. Thank you. Uh, Wendy in Oakville. Oh, my goodness, another first-time caller. Oh, don't. There we are. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm sorry. I um, I planted a, a, a big garden last year, mm-hmm. and lots of people gave me things, mm-hmm. and I bought things at a farmer's market. Da, da, da. Anyway, this year I have about a five-foot-tall plant mm-hmm. And I looked it up in my flower book, because, of course, I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and it's monk's hood. Mm-hmm. And then when I read it, they said it's highly poisonous, the mm-hmm. leaves, the yep. flowers. every part of it. So I don't know what to do with it, whether to get rid of it or... Uh, do you have small children? No. Do you have small children visit? Well, I'm sure I will, yeah. Uh, well, okay, it is the, so here's what I do with aconitum. Aconitum is the proper name. Monkshood is the common name. <clears throat> yes, it is completely poisonous, every little bit of it, flower, seed, root, stem, everything. So um, if you're going to grow it, because it, what we like about aconitum is the color. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of really blue flowers, and there are, it, that is a true blue, tall plant. So adds, obviously, the nice vertical element into the garden, adds a really strong blue. Um, but it's the kind of plant that we avoid having near the edge of the garden where small people <clears throat> might be walking along and touching things. So if you have a big enough garden and it's in, you know, mid-range in the garden or at the back of the border, it's in a place where n- nobody who doesn't know is going to be touching it. Oh, see, it's not. It's right at the border. Yeah, see, that that would be if you if, – or so then you should, could consider, you know, eliminating it from the garden or moving it into the inside. I find that, you know, cats, dogs, small children are usually smart enough. They don't just start chewing on things in the garden for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. But that's one plant that it because it is so – like every bit of it is so toxic. It's kind of like poison ivy, right? Would you allow poison ivy to grow in your garden? No, you would eliminate it because you just wouldn't want to run into it. And, uh, and that – with the aconitum, as long as it's tucked in mid-range, I think you're, you'd be fine. Okay, so how would I get rid of it then? Oh, just, well, it's going to die down, obviously, when we get the first frost. Mm-hmm. The root will still be alive. What I would do is uh, put a little stake there so you know exactly where it is. And next spring, when it starts to come up, it's got a very distinctive leaf. Yeah. Uh, when it starts to come up, just dig it out. Dig it out, we can put it in a pot and find somebody who wants it or... You know, compost it, one or the other. Because it is a beautiful plant. It is a beautiful plant. All right. Well, thank you very much for your advice. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Have a good weekend, Wendy. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us, by the way, everybody here at AM 740. Welcome. There was another. Wendy got her wings. Yes. Yes, yes. It's very good. Alliteration. I like that. Yes. (laughs) Now, uh, next up is, let's see. Oh, oh, it's got to be Tracy in uh, Peterborough uh, waiting on the line to talk to you. Charlie? Uh, Oh, oh, keep cats out of the garden. Uh Uh-oh. 
Sounds like she's been really listening closely to the show. Tracy, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Fine, Tracy. Good. Yeah, I've got a, a got a cat problem with people that allow their cats to run at large, and uh, they're using the garden as a litter box, and I'm just mm. wondering if there's some way that I don't want to kill them. No. Sort of. <laughs> no, I'm ah. kidding. No, you I don't want to kill sorta. them, but I do want them out of the garden. And you don't want to get a dog, obviously. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now you could send them to Frank, and because he, he needs more members for his okay, fan club. Can I have his address? Yeah. So you could trap those cats and just mail them on down here to Toronto. And... Gee, thanks, but <laughs> Frank's always looking for members of any sort. <clears throat> now, I personally am the wrong person to ask this because I have a really cat-friendly garden. I have not only my cat, but I have a homeless cat. Okay. Three neighborhood cats and my cat who all hang out in my garden. So it's five boys. There's the boys club. And they all <laughs> hang out and they chew the catnip and they drink out of the bird bath and they roll around and play and chase each other. And frankly, yes, they do poop and pee in the garden sometimes too. So for you who doesn't want that kind of action going on, there are – have you ever tried any of those cat-repelling, smelly things that they have for sale in garden centers? No, I haven't. So some of those work. No, none of them work forever. Uh, they work because of the, it's a smell that the cat's going to avoid. And um, you, after rain, would have to replace any of these smelly things. But remember, you can't put it everywhere in the garden. So what you need to do is recognize that cats tend to always go back to the same area, same spot. They also love a nice, it's kind of like squirrels, eh? If you just plant bulbs and the the soil is beautiful and smooth and just been kind of nicely smoothed out, etc., squirrels go crazy because they're going, oh, my God, there's something there. I can tell. And they start digging it all up. Well, I find the cats do the same. They get very excited when the, the soil is nice and smooth and they go, oh, that's a really good spot for me to dig a hole so you can make it harder for them you can put make sure you've got leaves on top of the soil so that they because they will not typically uh, dig through the leaves as much so don't you know whatever leaves are dropping get them off your lawn but get them on the garden that will help I find cats hate walking on tin foil I know it'll look silly but you can put tin foil out on the surface of the soil you know, with some pebbles around the edges, and right. you'll find that cats will not walk there ever, and they certainly won't ever try and dig. Um, the other thing, and this is time-consuming, but it works really well, is you go to the dollar store and you buy some a bag of forks, you know, 100 forks mm-hmm. in a bag. Mm-hmm. You take them home, you break the handles off, so you've just got the tines, yep. and then you take all those tines and you stick them in the soil tines up just below the surface. So you can't see anything. Your garden looks perfect, but cats go out and they try to dig. And, of course, the first thing they're going to run into is all those little plastic pointy tines that are just below the surface. Right. And they're going to walk away from that. Oh, okay. Um, And Lee Valley Tools sells something like that. It's kind of a mat. I think it's about a two-foot by two-foot mat with sharp little prongs. And, again, you, you lay that on just below the surface of the soil. And, again, the cat's are not going to dig there. So anything you can do to make it life uncomfortable for them, they're going to go look somewhere where it's much easier to dig. Perfect. Okay. The main thing is remember where you put those things because <laughs> next time you go out to work in the garden, you're kneeling down and yikes, you know, you, you get the... 
You get the cat treatment. <laughs> All righty. Thank, Thank you very, very much, much for the call. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. You're listening to The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. Uh, phone lines, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Have to take a bit of a break right now, but we'll be back right after these words here on AM740, Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Sue, chef of the garden here, too. Frank Proctor, along with James, who answers the phone. That's the first voice you hear. And he has been speaking to Bob in Agent Court, who told him that he is a first-time caller. So, Bob, there you go. Welcome to the show. You got your wings. How are you doing this morning? Wonderful, thank you. I'm a first-time caller. Yes, welcome to the show. Thank you. My problems are with uh, trying to winterize some of the bulbs uh, and tubers. My dahlia tubers, I try every year. I wrap them in paper. I leave them in the basement. I leave them in the garage. But they always come up in the spring sort of shriveled and uh, uh, gray and not very nice. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Okay, so what I do to winterize dahlia bulbs, because dahlias are worth keeping, since we start with little tiny tubers, and before you know it, after a year or two, we've got a much bigger plant, you know, much more going on there. So they're certainly worth keeping. Number one, wait until we have a hard frost. You don't dig up your dahlias now. They're still growing. You wait until a hard frost has knocked down all the foliage. This is true whether it's a canna lily or a calla lily or a dahlia, any of the the plants that are tender that we want to hold on to the storage organs, wait until frost has knocked them down. Once that happens, you dig them up just with a, a garden fork, dig them up. I lay my dahlia bulbs out on newspaper Typically, I'll use my garage because I want them to lay out for, uh, it could be as long as a week, um, but you don't want them, obviously, to be where there's water going to get on them, and you want to keep them cool. So they lay out, they, because you need that frost to shut them down. That's part of what that frost is all about. So a week of drying the surface, gently brushing the soil off so that you've got a nice, sort of reasonably dry completely dormant tuber that's ready to go to sleep for the winter. Then your only challenge is keeping them dark. They must be kept in the dark, preferably in the cool. And in the case of dahlias, um, a little bit of moisture is required. You can't keep them bone dry. They will just shrivel up. So So I can leave them in the garage where it would be just above freezing? Yeah, you can, as long as it doesn't go below freezing. Once it goes below freezing, I'm in trouble. That's right. They'll just turn to mush. So what I've, I've done sometimes that's worked quite well is you get a, like a big, like a Rubbermaid box, you know, or a tub, one of those, those storage tote boxes, and fill it up with dry, clean, sterile peat moss. Peat moss works, or anything that's sterile. The main thing is it's not soil out of the garden that's got all kinds of life in it. So it's got to be a a sterile medium. And it's into that sterile peat moss, as an example, that you bury your dahlias and your your canna lilies and your calla lilies. And everybody goes in there, and the lid goes on, and it's all nice and dark. And they should, if they can can keep them frost-free... Uh, you should check them about every six weeks. Make sure that if they are shriveling up, you get a little mister. You give, put a little moisture 
around them, not not super soaking, but a little bit of moisture to keep them going. Uh, or if they're getting white fuzzy fungus on them, then you stir the, that mess around and dry it out a bit. So it's it's a ba- fine line between too much moisture and not enough, but cool and dark, frost-free, they should survive. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And then pot them up, of course, in March. Get them going in the house in March if you can. In, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you, Bob. Bob. And it's on to another caller here. Uh, let's see, Bernice in Toronto. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. That's wonderful. I have a, a small orchid plant, you know, the kind you buy in all the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I've had it for almost three winters now. And do you ever transplant them? It is so overgrown with roots, huh. but they it keeps, I do as I'm, uh, the way you told me to trim it back, mm-hmm. and they keep coming out, and they are just beautiful flowers. Oh, nice. I now have two stems growing out of Excellent. this, but it is so full of roots. I'm wondering, do I transplant them? Yes, well, three years you probably are due for transplanting. Uh, frankly, if you can avoid transplanting till January, February, I think that would be better. Because right now, as the days are getting shorter, most plants are are slowing down. And any transplanting is always a bit shocking, and that's why we try to avoid um, sort of the stress of transplanting unless we absolutely have to. Now, you know, to transplant an orchid, you know, it has its own challenges because, of course, they don't grow in potting soil. And they do best, I think, uh, if they if you go uh, and get yourself an actual orchid pot. So that's a typically that's a, a clay pot because you know they. It's easy to overwater orchids. They need good air circulation around all those roots you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, clay pots are often used, and sometimes there's actual orchid pots that have extra holes in them just to help with uh, air and circulation. Still in the original pot, yeah. the, the, the inside pot is plastic. Plastic, yeah. And sitting inside a clay pot. Right. Yeah, and you're obviously doing something very smart and very proper f- with that plant because you've, you've had it for three years, and it sounds like it's thriving. And the challenge is just to get it into a bigger pot. So, I mean, you could... Look at what you've got going on there and just take it up a size so you would get another plastic pot that's one size up and another clay pot one size up, some orchid bark, because remember they yeah. grow in bark. And and when you take apart what you've got going on there, just remake it exactly the same, just slightly, everything's going to be slightly bigger. Okay. Okay, and of course those, a lot of those roots do stay on the surface because they need to. We don't try and bury all those roots. And the orchid bark, do I pick? Do I buy that at the regular florist shop or you, garden you, shop or you, where? You should be able to buy it at any good garden center. Uh, you may be, may be able to buy it even at some of the grocery stores that are selling the orchids. Oh, okay. But just, yeah, it, it is called orchid bark. All right, so I'll wait till after Christmas. If you can, I would. Okay, thank you so very much. Thanks for Thanks, calling. Bernice. Nice to have you on the show, The Garden Show from AM 740 with Charlie Dobbin. And we'll be back to uh, have a word with Jerry, who has a tip uh, for keeping cats out of the garden. Can't wait to get to that. Back in just a couple of moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. You know, Charlie, one of the things that I really like about this show is that the uh, other gardeners out there, 
love calling in with their suggestions on topics we're speaking about. Because, and, as you know, it, there's always more than one way to do things in the garden. Always so, one, more than one way to skin a cat, as you say. Except we don't like that. No, no. Uh, but, Dickens hates that when you use that term, <laughs> that phrase. Toronto is where Jerry is calling from and uh, has a tip for keeping the cats out of the garden. Good morning. Good morning. I've had a lot of cats in the last 40 years, so I mean a lot of them. Okay. And I got a lot of potted plants in my house, Mm -hmm. and I got a nice little garden kind of thing along the side of my house. Mm -hmm. I learned many years ago that cats hate citrus. Right. Good point. I put orange peels inside. I still have cats now, and I put orange peels in my potted plants. Mm -hmm. I don't put it in the plant, of course. I put it on top of the soil of the potted plants. And for the last 40 years, all the cats I've had, they've always avoided digging in those pots. They always have. They stay right away, don't they? And what I do also for outside... I uh, mix a mixture of one-to-one ratio with either orange juice or lemon juice, mm-hmm. and I spray that along the side of the house, maybe once every couple of days or so, and I've never had a problem with cats ever since I started doing that, and uh-huh. it really works. Well, and why wouldn't you just put orange peels on the surface of the soil outside? Because I don't eat that many oranges. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. All right. Makes but sense. I, I, I do use them, you know, like I do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but uh, I have to eat a lot, you know, yeah, it's yeah. about 100 feet, you know, so I oh, have right. to eat a lot of oranges for that. Good point. Okay. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, I certainly hope that Tracy's still listening. That's a very, very good tip. It really works. All right. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you very much, Jerry. Great idea. That's super. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing that happens when you listen to AM 740, get all sorts of good ideas. <laughs> Now, Doug is on the line from Lindsay, and uh, hey, good morning, Doug. Good morning. Morning. A question about my strawberries. I have the ever-bearing strawberries. They've been in for about seven or eight years, I guess, and uh, I always kept them at the early part of the season. Then they take a bit of a hiatus Mm -hmm. and start uh, fruiting again in August. Mm -hmm. This year I have had nothing after the initial uh, bearing on them. But I do notice there are a lot of uh, runners going out this year. Do they, is this a year they take a rest to do that? Or? Many plants do take a rest because um, fruiting plants cannot produce the same quality and quantity of fruit every year. They just can't sustain it. So we'll always have some bumper crops one year and not so bumper typically the following year. So in this case, obviously, the strawberries have done a whole bunch of procreation and are sending out little daughter plants everywhere Uh, and next year that would indicate you're going to have an awful lot of more flowers which means a lot more fruit so I think that that's exactly right that's what's happened this year was a a low fruiting year and next year will be twice as much as this year Yeah. okay Okay, thank you very much thanks for calling thank you speaking of uh, Lindsay where Doug was just calling from Mm -hmm. had a visit from uh, two of our friends that we got, got to know really well when we lived up in Lindsay and uh, Dave and Sheila Peel. I hope you're listening in. They're great mm. folks and had a wonderful visit with them. Anywho. Um, What's that got to do with the garden show? Well, it was a connection to Lindsay. Uh, so just, Lindsay. just to let folks know that I do uh, have friends, I have friends besides period. the Vanna Club. <laughs> yeah, besides <laughs> the cats. <laughs> Sophie, okay. Sophie and Hamilton. I think yes. folks were worried that maybe you well, didn't have any friends. And that's that was... why there's so many cats in your fan club. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie and Hamilton. <laughs> Covered that pretty nicely. Yeah, get me out and of here. Good Thanks. morning, Sophie. <laughs> good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I uh, was able to keep a Ponsetia alive for the first time this year. 
I know you talked about how to. So can you please repeat the best way to look after them? Uh, the plant is still outdoors. Okay. And um, what I'd like to do is hang up and listen to you on the radio because you're much clearer for me on the radio. Okay. Just before you go, so this is a poinsettia that you had last Christmas. Yes. And have kept it beautifully alive outside. And now your question is, what do you do next to bring it in and enjoy it again this Christmas? Uh, yes. With the colored leaves, obviously. Yes. Excellent. Well, you go right ahead and hang up, and I will report. Thank you very much. And I shall tap dance till ready. (laughs) Well, this is a good opportunity to remind people that if they do find that the information is going too fast and they miss something, Ah. you can always go and listen to the shows again because they are archived. Uh, Just go to am740.ca, and then what do you do? Click on... Check out the podcasts. And there will be a whole list of shows that uh, you can hear once again. Now, this is just from your computer. Yep. You know, it's very simple, from the computer, and then you choose, you know, go to the garden show, and then every date is there, every show is there, and uh, and it's by date. Though there's a little description, too, uh, typically with the podcasts. So, yeah, listen again. Don't hesitate to, um, you know, enjoy listening to Frank tell silly stories again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. My Smack. pleasure. All right. <laughs> poinsettia. How to make a poinsettia bloom again for Christmas. Now, first off, let's just clarify that uh, Sophie needs to bring that plant in, preferably. I would try and bring it in today. It's going to get quite cold, and a poinsettia is a tropical plant. So we do not want frost touching that plant. So today, tomorrow, obviously it's got to be clean. Don't mm-hmm. want bugs. Don't want spiders. Don't want any, you know, sow bugs or anybody coming in with it. So soap, water, rinse, drain in the house. Now, once it's in the house, it's going to go in a fairly sunny location. And of course, part of the trick is to get all those green leaves to turn red. Now, you know that um, the, from the end of September, so starting now, light control is absolutely essential. So you're going to cover the plant with a black plastic bag or some kind of a dark, you know, completely, you know, blackout bag from early evening, every single night from early evening, and then you're going to remove the bag next morning. So the plant is going to be kept in total darkness for 14 hours out of every 24 hours daily for eight weeks, okay? After that, you can stop with the bag and just leave it in the location you've got it in. And, of course, the location you're going to have it in is a fairly bright spot, avoiding drafts. We don't want hot drafts, cold drafts, and you're going to just water as necessary. Keep it moist but not wet. Poinsettias do not want to ever sit in water. Right. Okay. okay. Is that it? Did I cover everything? I think you have. All right. I think you have. So now, enjoy <clears throat> your poinsettia again. Why not? Absolutely. Now, unfortunately, we had a couple of callers waiting online, but we uh, have run out of time here on oh, the yeah. Garden Show. So it's always the word uh, right at the top of the show, call early, call often. So, so you make sure you get on the show. And That's right. And tr- try us again next week, obviously, okay? Right. Thank you very much. Charlie, been an interesting show. been all over the place oh, for We you have. I know. We've got some great calls. I love it. And it went so fast. Absolutely. And next week... Uh, we're going to be over at the uh, Zoomer After Financial the show, show. That's right. Yeah. And what are you doing? Uh, you're back doing the uh, yes, diner. Uh, yeah, I'll be back at two o'clock for okay. the diner okay. and uh, live in the city from three to through to five. Oh, so it's Frank Proctor Day. Yeah, it is. Pretty yes. Much. Okay. So that's fine. So you enjoy your day here. I'm going to head home, jump in my car, and on this kind of cool and rainy day, uh, take a drive out to Belleville.
visit oh, some really? yep. friends out there. So uh, what's that going to do with anything? Nothing. <laughs> just <laughs> what, thought I'd what share, show. share. I just thought I'd let you know I had some friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Win. Besides all those cats in my backyard. So <laughs> okay. Well, thank you everybody for all your great calls. Thank you Frank for all your fun, and thank you James Patrick Dooley. We couldn't do it without you. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.